This is the redeemed Christian Church of God, more than conquer perish. You are going to say, Father, make me a miracle. Go ahead and make that your prayer. God is a miracle-working God. He can make you a miracle. That is the level that we are moving in. That is the level that God is taking you and I to. To make the church the miracle. God is already full of wonder. He's looking for men and women he can use to show forth his power. Say, Lord, by this word, by the word I'm about to hear, make me a miracle in this week, in this month, in this year, for the rest of my life. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Finally, you are going to say, my father, please send your word unto me. You are the same God that raised Lazarus up from the grave. Please send forth your word unto me. Go ahead and make that your prayer. Father, you are the same God that raised Lazarus up from the grave. Send forth your word unto me and make me a miracle. Holy Spirit will worship you. Once again, Father, come and do mighty thing. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Please jam those hands together for the King of Kings, for the Lord of Lords. He is the ancient of days. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the one who was and is to come. Celebrate Jesus. We honor you for the first service. I will thank you for what you will do in the second service. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. You may take your seat. This morning, the Lord began a topic uh, with us. Winning the wars against your soul. Winning the war against your soul. Brethren, I'd like to mention that when a man's soul is attacked, I mentioned a little bit in the morning. When a man's soul is attacked, Everything in him is under attack. His marriage, his health, his finances, his sense of reasoning, his vision, his business, his career, his ministry. Every attack that has been launched against your soul, back to sender in the name of Jesus. Now, why do you have to pay attention to this? Because the enemy may choose to attack the soul of people around you. So in the name of Jesus, I pray. Is there anyone's sanity that has been attacked? Is there anyone's health that has been attacked? Or anyone's vision that has been attacked? Or career that has been attacked? Or maybe the call of God upon their life has been attacked? In the name of Jesus, Satan, I command you, lose your grip over your soul. In the name of Jesus. Your family will not be attacked. Your children will not be attacked. Your parents will not be attacked. In the name of Jesus, the brethren will not be attacked. I will not be attacked. In the name of Jesus. The second, now, before we go into the second principle, uh, the second um, things that Satan uses to wage war against our soul, let's look at how do we give thanks. How do we show gratitude? That was point number one that we looked at. Now let's look at how do we show gratitude. 
Number one, Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 105, verse 1. Psalm 105, verse 1. Psalm 105, verse 1. Indescribable. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Make known among the nations what he has done. So what that tells me is that number one, how to be how to show gratitude. Number one, make known his deed. What that means is that tell it, share it, advertise it, go on social media, tell it to the world, share testimonies like many of us did. I tell the world what the Lord is doing for you. Number two, sing praises unto his name. How can you show gratitude to God? Sing praises unto his name. Sing praises unto his name. Sing songs unto him. Dance unto him. That's a way you can show gratitude. Number three, testify of his wonders. Now, you see, to testify of something, it's it like saying you become the testimony itself. And one of the things God is said to do in this service is that God is said to make you miracle itself. I say you become miracle. For those of you joining us at home, you become miracles. In the name of Jesus. So testify. Number, then number four. Bring an offering of appreciation unto him. Bring an offering of appreciation unto him. When the Lord blesses us with our first child, second child, and third child, there's a thing that the Lord taught us to do. Now, you see, instead of taking thousands of dollars to cook rice and beans for people to eat, and when some people finish eating, they, see, they still tell you that the rice is not even sweet. They still complain. So we choose to sow those seeds into the house of God. We say, Lord, as we dedicate our children, some people will come for child dedication. They put $20 on offering plate. But the woman's gold is worth $3,000. But how much are they dropping in the offering? $20 to appreciate God. God cannot be more. How can you show gratitude to God? Bring him an offering. In those days, when people are coming to appreciate God, they bring, they bring their uh, she-goat, they bring them, they tie them, they bring their tubas of yam. So in our days now, of course, uh, we don't need those things. So bring an offering unto him and tag it and say, Lord, for this thing that you did for me specifically, and name it. That is how to show gratitude. Now, how do we show gratitude to fellow men? Like I mentioned, it could be a word of encouragement. Oh, I just want to thank you for what God is using you to do. That goes a long way. It could be a text message. It could be a card. You know, on my, on my table there upstairs, there are some cards that we have. One of them was, I won't forget, uh, was an elderly person in this house. Actually, I wasn't that day. I wasn't the one who preached. So, um, 
my wife was the one who preached and she she brought a card she said thank you pastor thank you for what god is using you and your wife to do in the church the card is still there on the table how to thank how to appreciate human beings you see you need to appreciate god and you also need to appreciate fellow human beings for what god is using them to do in your life because if you don't when they have the opportunity again they may not give you that opportunity remember god has wielded some powers to the hand of man and so we must learn to appreciate him you know i was given another exception at work and i went to my supervisor i where i messaged her i messaged the manager and i said i want to thank you for this exception and they were grateful and interestingly when we're having meeting one of the quality we always say about me is that i said i'm always thankful that's an unbeliever and she's she's not the first person probably maybe about five or six leaders that work within that company they always say they say they say any little thing i'm always grateful brethren you must learn to appreciate people around you if you don't appreciate them they may depreciate. Depreciate in the sense that it doesn't mean that the people itself that will depreciate, but you lose the value that you enjoy from them. So we must learn to appreciate them. So bring an offering unto the Lord. Now, it could also be a monetary gift you want to give to someone that says, I just want to appreciate what God is doing in your life. We must learn to give God quality thanks. And as you give God thanks, all your prayers are answered in Jesus' name. We could see that Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus in John chapter 11, verse 41, he gave thanks. He said, Father, I thank you for you have heard me. And then the man that was dead four days came back to life by the reason of thanksgiving. My prayer again for you, as you engage in these principles, your life will begin to afford from glory to glory. I say from honor to honor. Now let's look at number two. Things that wages war against our soul principalities and powers let's look at second corinthians chapter 10 principalities and powers they are forces against our soul they are doomed already for hell those principalities and power they are already doomed for hell so basically what they are doing is looking for destiny in the soul of men to take to hell with them and that's why the Bible tells us that beware your adversary, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 6. You can, if you are there, you can read. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Once your obedience is complete, so your obedience must be complete in order to disarm principalities and power for that to work. Ephesians chapter six verse twelve. Ephesians chapter six verse twelve. 
I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Oh, oh. indescribable. I praise you. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, oh. indescribable. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So the, the set of forces that are that has been waged against our soul, they are high, they are in high places, they are wicked spirits. Wherefore, take unto you the old armor of God. Tell your neighbor, take unto you the whole armor of God. Take unto you the whole armor of God. Take unto you the whole armor of God. Now you are going to rise up on your view. You are going to say, you forces of darkness, sitting in high places, waging war against my soul. I come against you in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and make that your prayer. You forces of darkness, sitting in high places, waging war against my soul, I come against you in the name of Jesus. You forces of darkness, sitting in high places, waging war against the soul of Mother Conqueror Parish, I come against you in the name of Jesus. You forces of darkness, with sitting in high places, waging war against the soul of our youth, I come against you in the name of Jesus. You forces of darkness, sitting in high places, waging war against my family, I come against you in the name of Jesus. You forces of darkness, sitting in high places, waging war against our children, I come against you in the name of Jesus. You forces of darkness, sitting, sitting in high places, waging war against people of this community, I come against you in the name of Jesus. You forces of darkness, waging war that are sitting in high places, waging war against the women, against the pregnant sisters in the name of jesus i come against you you forces of darkness waging war against our extended family the lord of hosts rebuke you you forces of darkness sitting in high places orchestrating confusion in the church orchestrating crisis in the world orchestrating confusion in the community lord in the heart of young men to drug in the name of jesus i come against you i come against you you forces of darkness hindering the spread of the word of god in the land in this community i come against you Savior of the world Redeemer of my kind I praise you I praise you You died and rose again I praise you. I praise you. You parted the sea. Jericho's war came down. I praise you. I praise you. 
In the name of Jesus, we dethrone you. We pull you down to where you belong. In the name of Jesus. Every force is sitting in high places against your fruitfulness. In the name of Jesus, the Lord of hosts rebuke you. The Lord of hosts, oh, the Lord of hosts rebuke you. For in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. You may take your seat. Now, these forces, you see, they disseminate themselves into different spirits and then they go all around the world looking for the souls of men to invest. And that's why you go to some communities and you hear of little children committing suicide. You wonder what they are thinking. It's not ordinary. A child who is not that is going to cut, he doesn't have eight hours shift to get, he's not paying tuition fee for himself. I mean, he's not, he's not doing anything visually for himself. And then, they know, that, that kind of wicked thought begin to run through their mind. They are forces against their soul. And my prayer this morning, our children will not be victims. Our children will not be victims. Now, from where we read in that book of Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible tells us, you know, the, the weapons, the tools that we need. Look at it. The Bible says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil days. This is these are the evil days that we are in. That is why we can see all the crisis now in the world. It's an evil day. Now and having done all to stand, so these weapons are not just meant for you to fight. They are not just meant for you to you know to prevail, but rather also to make you stand. That standing means that when Jesus Christ comes, you are still standing my prayer for you again in the name of Jesus you will stand nothing will make you fall number three the God of mammon things that wages war against people's soul the God of mammon the God of money to have money is not bad to be worthy there's nothing wrong in it anyone that have the Holy Ghost have everything so money is not a problem now, but you see, there's a God behind money. There's a God behind it. And so, when, when that God enters the life of a man, that begins to wage war, I mean, so, I mean, war against that man. And you find that the man will do everything possible to get money. Including sleeping with sisters. Including defiling himself. Including the, you know, doing the, you hear of some people, they do arranging marriage. They marry somebody that's enough to be their grandmother. Because of the, because the gods of mammon lives in them. And so they can do anything at all just to get money. Let's look at the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And then 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 to 10. Matthew 6, 24. No man, young adult, please listen. You cannot serve two masters. Is it that you hate one 
I love the other. Uh huh. Uh huh. He will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon at the same time. You cannot say, I want to serve God. And yet, one part of you, the God of Mammon, is controlling it. There's no way you can serve God acceptably. Those things are there to wage war against your soul. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Is it that you serve God? And the truth is that when you serve God, money is not a problem. Money is never a problem. Remember, God created money for your use, for my use. Money is a tool. So money is not a problem. That's why it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that the Gentiles are seeking, they will come running after you. You see, brethren, one quick way to get money, and when I mean one quick way, a godly way, is this pursue after God and money won't be a problem add value to people's life and money won't be a problem people are willing to lay down their treasure when you solve their problem when you solve people's problem whether marital problem whether mental problem whether financial problem whether uh, material problem, whatever problem. When you solve people's problem, money comes to you. So stop chasing after money. One of, our, one of our youth, I mean, I don't even know where he is now. He told me, he said, he said Pastor, I just want to make it big. He said, you will make it. You will make it. Just look down. Don't, because you want to make it big, you just want to do it. No, you are going in the wrong direction. I said, you have to listen. You will make it big. And I began to cite example of people that make it big by serving Jesus. I said, you will make it big. I pray for you, you will make it big. I said, you will make it big. Now, brethren, always remember what the Bible says in the book of... Let's look at First Timothy. The God of money. We are looking at winning the war against the forces that are against your soul. And we are looking at the things, those forces, those things that are against you. So go ahead. First Timothy 6 6. Many people are not content. That's their problem. It's not that they really need extra money. It's not that they need, they, they actually don't need extra shit. They just want more money. Ask me what they want to do with the money to satisfy the lust of the flesh. Some people are not in church or they are not at home joining us now. Maybe they are in pursuit of money. <laughs> Read for that. Let's see, you see something there. That part, always remember. Always remember, brethren. Whether wealthy or poor, if any man dies today, he's not going with any of the gold. Alexander the Great, despite how wealthy he was, we were through, you can check it in Wikipedia. That this man, he made requests and when he died, they lay gold from his house to his burial ground. And do you know the story behind the Nobel Prize? How many of you have read it? Let's go and check it out. Let's talk about the story. Sit down, sir. 
Nobel Prize. There's a man called Alfred Nobel. This man, talking about adding value to people's life, he, yeah, I think he was a mathematician, a physicist, whatever thing he does in those days. And so he developed uh, like a termite. Uh, he's, uh, he's a scientist. He developed like termite. So he developed a more, a more advanced way of developing bomb, like atomic bomb. And so he had a brother who looked, he looked so similar. And the brother was in France. We are going somewhere. And so this man, the brother died who was a businessman. And so there was a newspaper headline, caption, uh, yeah, forgotten the way they captioned it, but the, what, the, the greatest discovery that, this, that kills mankind. So the, this, the, the, the inventor that the person has eventually died. So him, Alfred Nobel, was still alive. And he saw a newspaper. It was about him. So it's like they were actually describing him and he was still alive. And that got him thinking. And he decided and said from that time that so what he developed was actually killing human beings. That so when he died, this is what the world will remember him for. And it was his brother that died. But he saw his own obituary. And then he had a change of mind. He said, as from then, that is worth, because he has become a wealthy man, he developed a lot of patenting. He, he now made that, he, he decided that his entire world will be developed uh, to in five sections. There's humanity, there's science, and, and that's what brought about, uh, you know, the Nobel Prize today. They were talking about in Sweden. He's, from, he's a Swedish man. Brethren, stop pursuing after money. This man had money, he used it to develop something, and he saw his own obituary. And from that day, he changes his mind and says his words should go to helping humanity. There anything that can help humanity. That's why you see people like Wale Shoinka, they got one of the prize. People like Barack Obama, they got one of the prize. Anybody that does something in science and art and politics, something that really touches the life of humanity, this man said they should devote his word. Go and Google it. You see his name there. Brethren, stop pursuing after money. Read the answer. It is certain of a surety we are not taking anything out of this world. Uh -huh. So when you have food, you have clothes to put on. What is the, what did the Bible say? Be content. Tell your neighbor, 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 be content. Whether you have food or whether you have Raymond, be content. Go ahead. They that will future stands. They that will be rich. They fall into what? Temptation of and a snare. And to many sure it's not only the, the temptation of wealth, of getting money in this house. Nobody's going to do any dubious means to get money. I say nobody will do dubious to get money. Godly money, sound money, uh, acceptable money in the name of Jesus. You see, those things when men begin to lust after them, it draws them into perdition. Go ahead. For the love of money, a man will die for anything he loves. A man will do anything possible for anything he loves. So, brethren, 
this thing wages war against your soul. That was the same God of Mammoth. Thank you, you may sit down. That was the same God of Mammoth that entered into Judas Iscariot and a covenanted. Let's look at Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And let's read from, let's read from verse 3 for us. Satan will not enter you. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Enough. They covenanted to give him money. Did he spend the money, yes or no? He did not spend it. So, brethren, I want you to note it down in your heart and in your book. Don't pursue after money. Pursue after God and pursue after adding value to people's life. Their money will come follow you. It's a simple principle that Muslims are engaging. Just add value to people's life. When you add value to people's life, then your life begins to change. And my prayer for you today is that every idea that you need, receive in the name of Jesus. Rise up on your feet as we pray. You are going to say, my father, Please deliver me from the spirit of the God of Mammon and help me to live to be content with what you are doing in my life. Go ahead and make that your prayer. Please deliver me, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. I praise you, Lord. Deliver me, deliver me, deliver me from the God of Mammon. Some people can do anything for money. They can even they can even they can even go and sell their own children for money. Is a spirit that is waging war against the soul of many. Many are forsaking God in this land. Pastors, ministers, highly anointed people, and all around chasing money. And we are not taking anything out of the world. We only need money here on earth. And God has made ways for us to get money. The power to get wealth comes from Him. They are, they, you see, when the love of those things preoccupy the mind of a young man and a young woman, then it begins to wage war against their soul. They can't think straight. All the time they think about money. They think about money. They think about money. They think about money. All they want to is money, 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 money. And it's waging war against their soul, drawing them gradually into hell, drawing them gradually into hell, drawing them gradually into hell, drawing them gradually into hell. For in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Please take your seat. What number are we now? Number four. Anger and bitterness. Let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31. Let all bitterness and anger and evil speaking what did the bible say we should do put them away tell your neighbor put it 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 away go ahead with all malice you know in my surprise, there are people in the church who still keep malice. When 
they greet each other. Yeah, good morning, good morning. And in their hearts, we will see. We will see. We will see who is who in this church. We will see. <laughs> you see, such people, when they pray, God will not hear that kind of prayer. The Bible said, put it away. See what the Bible says in the book of uh, Job. Let's look at Job chapter 10. And then we might come, we'll come back to this uh, efficient. Job chapter 10. Job chapter 10 verse 1. My soul is weary of my life. Uh -huh. Look at it. In the bitterness of his soul. Thank you, you may sit down. He will speak in the bitterness of his soul. So some people, their heart is full of bitterness. And when these things are resident in you, they wages war against your soul. They wages war against your physical fruitfulness. They wages war against your spiritual fruitfulness. They wages war against your marital fruitfulness. They even wages war against your mental fruitfulness. Everything. Bitterness. Anger. Now, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9. Anger lies in the bosom of fools. Be not hasty, brethren. In the spirit to be angry. For anger rested in the bosom of fools. Anger and bitterness troubled the soul. It makes the soul to be weary. And when the soul is weary, that soul cannot hear from God. When the soul is weary, that soul cannot be joyful. A weary soul is a soul that cannot hear the voice of God. Now, Hebrew chapter 12, verse 15. Looking diligently, lest, don't worry, lest any man fail of the grace of God. You will not fail of God's grace. Now, look at the next part. Lest any root, so bitterness has a root. Spring, when the, when the Bible said that the Holy Ghost should spring forth from you, some people it is bitterness that is springing forth from them. And it troubled the soul. It said, Lest any root of bitterness spring up, troubles you. So the thing is that when you see an angry woman or an angry man or a, a man that is full of bitterness, it troubles them first before it troubles others. And this thing wages war against your soul. Little, little foxes. You are going to rise up. You are going to see as from today. Bitterness will not spring forth from me. Only the Holy Ghost will spring forth from me. Make that your prayer. Place your hand on your tummy. It is springing from. That is where it springs from. Are you praying? Are you praying? Or are you taking it lightly? Or you are saying it is not me God is talking to. And you know it is you in particular that God is bringing this war to. Are you talking to God? Are you praying? Whether you are home or you are here. Are you praying? Are you praying? Are you praying? Are you praying? Say bitterness, anger will not trouble me. I uproot the seed out of my life. 
In the name of Jesus, henceforth, the Holy Ghost will spring forth. The Holy Ghost will spring forth. And thereby many be defied. Anger defies. Bitterness defies. It defies before God. It defies. It defies the soul. Cry to God and say, Lord, deliver me. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You may take your seat. In fact, if you read further, please read further in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. Let's see another lesson. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 9. Don't no, go to verse, read verse 8 now. Okay, verse 10, I mean, sorry. Say not thou. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. For wisdom is a defense. And money is a defense. Uh huh. <laughs> wisdom giveth life to read it again, please. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Nobody. Uh huh. Uh huh. Thank you, sir. Let let just pause. Just pause. You may take your seat. Now. The Bible says, "Better is the beginning of a thing than the, be the I mean, than the, uh, better is the is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof." And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. That is verse eight of Ecclesiastes seven. You see, brethren, you need to look into your future. Ask yourself, when how would your life end? That is what you should focus on. So instead of allowing somebody offend you, somebody, if Jesus comes at now, the question is, where are you going? And the Bible says, you see, don't be friend to an angry man or to a, to a woman that is bitter. Don't be friend to them. You know why? Because you will learn their ways. Don't learn the ways of angry persons. Anger is destructive and makes the heart sick. And when the heart is sick, the whole body is sick. Some people are sick in the heart. Why? Because there is bitterness and there is anger, there is malice, there is everything in there. And so they are sick. Now you are going to rise up and place your hand on your chest. You are going to begin to pray. Say, my heart will not be sick. Pray, pray. Tell God, my heart will not be sick. Help me that my heart may not be sick. Anything that wages war against your soul, wages war against everything about you. The heart of some people are sick. When the heart is sick, the head is sick, the legs are sick, all the organs are sick. That is the reason why many have not yet to be healed. 
because they have refused to let go of that thing in their hearts my heart will not be sick my heart will not be sick my heart will not be sick for in Jesus mighty name we have prayed you may take your seat so brethren you want to enjoy good life and preserve your soul let all bitterness and rot and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you next unforgiveness is closely tied to bitterness to um to to anger to rot unforgiveness let's look at luke chapter 11 verse 4 luke 11 verse 4 luke 11 verse 4 and forgive us our sins <laughs> go on you see anyone that harbors thank you you may take your seat anyone that harbors unforgiveness in his or a heart you know what you are doing you are simply saying god just allow the enemy to do what they want to do with your life brethren you can't live your life with unforgiveness whether a child offends you whether your friend whether your brother whether your husband whether your wife whether your children it doesn't matter as you continue to live if jesus christ comes your heart he has an x-ray he will just look at it there's no bitterness and unforgiveness in this heart. My prayer for you is this. Is that unforgiveness, the spirit of unforgiveness will not have a place in you. I want you to bow down your head. There's anyone that will offend you. This is the time to forgive. Those of you at home, this is the time to talk to God. Your parents, your friends, whoever has offended you, or you, you ask the Lord, Lord, is there anyone that I've offended that I've not even forgiven? How do you know when the people are coming? Is your heart just doing it? It troubles the soul. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You know, even in the church, every one of us, we are a product of God's mercy, brethren. Everybody. Do you know some people who even say they won't forgive? They are, they, are actually, they are actually victim of what they are accusing other people of. They are victim of exact thing that they are accusing other people of. And they say they won't let go. Brethren, for you to see the glory of God, unforgiveness must not have a place because it troubles the soul. That's why we are looking at the topic winning the war against the things that troubles your soul. One of them is unforgiveness. God has forgiven us our sin. We are to forgive others their sin. Next, unbelief. Let's say unbelief. Unbelief. Mark chapter 6 verse 1 to 6 
Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. And he went out from tents. Aha. He came to his own community, to his own family, to his own clan, to his own neighbors. Go ahead. And they followed him. Uh -huh. So he went to church. Brother Jesus went to church. He, you know, he's just like, he said, let me go back home because God has been using mightily in the city. And he said, let me go back home and go and visit my people. And so he went on Sunday, 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 Sunday. He went to church, he went to fellowship. And he went there and he was teaching. Go ahead, see what happened. And many that were here, they were astonished. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Mighty works will be wrought in your hand. In this house, we will see mighty works. Greater works in the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. Look at him. They began to ridicule him. You see, brethren, it is dangerous to underrate a man or a woman. It is dangerous to underrate a child of God. You know why? The Bible tells us something. Because Leah was hated, God blessed her. So God can, because of people's hatred against somebody, and lift somebody up. So it is very dangerous for you to underrate anybody. Whether in this house, whether at work, in your family, don't underrate anybody. At the point they were saying, ah, is this not a capital? What is he talking about? We grew up in the same place. Unbelief. Go ahead. The brother of James. They were even counting his brothers. They say, ah, we know him. We know his brother. We know his sister. Go ahead. Uh-huh. 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 He said they are saying that we know them. We know his wife. We know his, uh, his children. We know his father. We know this, the village where he came from. We know the state. We even know when he entered Canada. We know him. Go ahead. They were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor but in his own country you know why do you know why the reason is simple it is because they felt that they already knew him they felt that they grew up together they knew that well we grew up in the same place like me and my elder brother when we you may take your seat sir like me and my elder brother when we were growing up <laughs> something, you know, I remember something I share with my wife and sometimes my wife will use it to, to, be, to be laughing at me. Anyway, let's leave that. That's a family matter. <laughs> now, and that thing was that uh, when we were growing up, because we were so rich, there's something we call ikahe. Ikahe is like the amala that we ate, the leftover to the following day. We will eat it, so we will, we will warm it the following morning. When we warm it the following morning, then we put uh, some soup, we put some oil, just make it good, and then we'll get ready for school. Yes, see, Russia is doing like this. We know where, where we came from. Now, so, now this, um, so myself and my brother, so that day, we were eating from the pot. And so my brother said, uh, I told him, I said, you are the elder brother. So I'm the younger brother, so leave the room. And my brother said, no. You know what I did? I took the plate, 
I took the pot and I was running with only short kind of my distance. I was running the entire community running with pots and I was licking the soup. And my brother followed me. When I noticed that he, he didn't allow me to go, there was kata and kata enter. My brother was licking it with me. I'm telling you a real life story. My elder brother. Brother, what is my point? You see, you could imagine now if my dad, my brother, is sitting down here. He was here in the church before. He was here, and him and his wife. As we sitting down here now, and I begin to, you know, tell him something. You say, Ah, I know you now. Didn't we eat kind together? We we ate all those things together. We we played together. That was the reason why the Jesus could not perform. Now read, refinish it. Uh huh. Uh huh. He only lays his hand upon just few people in the community and he left. Why? He could not do mighty works among them because they did not believe him. Brethren, and you know what the implication is that not, you see, the fact that Jesus left the community and he couldn't do mighty works wasn't even a big thing for me. You know the big thing? Is that the people denied themselves of hearing the word of God which is able to save their soul. That was the that was the biggest thing that they lost. Unbelief is detrimental to the souls of believers. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. The things that wages war against your soul. Some people are just full of themselves. They don't think anybody's better than them. They always believe they are the one on top. Anywhere they find themselves, they always see other people as unrighteous. Them are the right righteous. And you see, a story was told about the rich man who said he was going to pull it down. And I was going to pull it down. And the next thing you want to do is to build another thing. Now let's look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. Galatians 3, verse 11 to 12. No! man, no woman is justified. Go ahead. It is evident. The just shall live by faith. We have been called to live by faith. It is not your work. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Through Jesus Christ. True faith. Let's say true faith. True faith. You may take your seat. And lastly, being cruel or being wicked. Proverb 11. Some people, they are just naturally wicked. You don't know there are wicked Christians? rather hoard, hoard money and hoard everything they have to see other Christians suffer. You see, wickedness troubled the soul. The heart that is cheerful, the heart that is good, that giveth out is a merry heart. Now let's look at Proverbs eleven seventeen. 17. Aha, look at it. So if I'm being good, if I show you mercy, Actually, in natural sense, I'm being nice to myself. I'm helping my own soul. 
You are helping your own soul. Go ahead. Uh huh. He troubled his own flesh. Thank you, sir. He troubled his own flesh. Brethren, cruelty is the same as being wicked. Nabal husband was a wicked man. Cruel people don't show mercy. Wicked people don't show mercy. Many Christians, it might shock you that they don't show mercy and it troubling their soul. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 23. Jeremiah 6, 23. The Bible says, They shall lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel. That means wicked and have no mercy. Wicked people don't have mercy. Their voice roaring like the sea. And they ride upon horses, set in the alley as men for war against thee, O daughter of Zion. Rise up on your feet. You are going to say, my soul, you don't belong to dark places. Come out in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. My soul, you don't belong to dark places. It's important we hear these teachings, brethren. Is important the things that troubles your soul is important you hear them is important is important my soul you don't belong to dark places Psalm 143 verse 3 tells us your soul don't belong to dark places for in Jesus mighty name we are praying you are going to say oh Lord arise and have mercy on me and every member of my family that are yet to be saved Go ahead and make that your prayer. Go ahead and make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. The things that trouble the soul. Anger, bitterness, malice, unforgiveness. Being cured. Wickedness. God of mammon. Ingratitude. Principalities and powers. Say Lord Jesus arise and have mercy. For in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. You are going to say, hear me speedily, O Lord, that my spirit faileth not. Please hide not your face from me, that I may not be like unto them that go down into the pit. Go ahead and make that your prayer. That pit means the grave. Hear me speedily, O Lord. Hear the families we are praying for this week speedily. Hear the prayer of all your sons and daughters in this house speedily. In the name of Jesus, hear me speedily, O Lord. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. You are going to say, O Lord, bring my soul out of trouble. For thy name's sake and for thy righteousness' sake. Go ahead and make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. You know a family member. You need to share this message with them. So that they know that what will bring about the healing they need. It is, in, it is, it is, it is when, they, when they let go. When they let go. When they remove that bitterness. When they remove that anger. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. My soul. Lord deliver my soul. Bring my soul out of trouble. For thy name says. Psalm 143 verse 11. For in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. You are going to say in the name of Jesus, I destroy every affliction, every arrow 
targeted against my soul. Go ahead and make that your prayer. I destroy them. I destroy them in this week as you go. Every affliction targeted against your soul, it will not prosper. Where we read in the book of Psalms, chapter 143, you know, look at it. The word soul were mentioned several times. Talk to God and say, in the name of Jesus, every arrow targeted against my soul, that arrow will not prosper. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Finally, you are going to say, Father, I thank you for answered prayer. I thank you for delivering my soul. I thank you for giving me victory on every side. My soul don't belong to hell in the name of Jesus. And maybe you are here this afternoon. Maybe you are here this afternoon. You've not made Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the beginning of your freedom. That is the beginning of your deliverance. So if you are here this afternoon or you are at home and you have been plagued down by the principalities and powers, by bitterness and anger, by unforgiveness, by every works of the flesh, you need Jesus in your life. So you repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Please deliver me from the weapons that the enemy is using against my soul. Forgive me my sins. Write my name in the book of life. As from today, deliver me from the power of wickedness. Deliver me from everything that troubled my soul. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, I pray for all your sons and daughters who have prayed with the whole of their heart, accepting you as their Lord and Savior. And the ones that are here that have accepted you, Lord, I pray for everyone, everything troubling your soul. I command an end to them in the name of Jesus. Everything that is troubling your souls, that of your family, everything that is troubling your business, your career, your finances, in the name of Jesus, I come against them in the name of Jesus. The Lord of hosts rebuke them. The Lord of hosts will destroy their counsel in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless your name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God will say loud, Amen. And the people of God will say glorious, Amen.